show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hi guys, welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement, and I am your host, Jay Love. Um, can you guys hear me? Because I can't hear myself. I was having some little bit of difficulties, but I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Just let me know if you can hear me. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement. All right, cool. You can hear me. Thank you. So welcome to Turning a Moment into a Movement. I am your host, Jay Love, and I represent the Justice for Gerard Movement. And we come here every Friday to talk about um, wrongful convictions and injustice, because an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so um, Gerard, if just in case you don't know, it's my son who spent two years in the Michigan Department of Corrections for a crime that he didn't do. Innocent and went to prison. And as we see on a daily basis, we have more and more um, exonerations and people coming home um, because of uh, for crimes that they didn't do. So um, we come on here on Fridays to educate, to inspire and to motivate. So thank you for joining um, joining us today. I was having a little um, technical difficulties, but I'm letting it go and uh, we're just going to work with what we got. But so um, I'm going to bring on um, our team that's here today. Uh, let's start off with Attorney Hugo Mack. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm <laughs> great. How about yourself? Good, good. Hey, Jay Love, putting in a shameless plug for Emory University, uh, where my, uh, my 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 goddaughter is going to be a junior. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, a, a great school. So, go Emory all the way. Okay. Now, now that I've said that, I'll <laughs> say a little bit about myself. First of all, thank you, Jay Love, for the platform and for your courage and your heart in bringing truth and speaking truth to power. You know and uh, you know, I think about our good friend, Sam Riddle, and then the journey that he's on, you know, I'm saying, you know, what the hell? You know, we're going we gonna to keep on doing what all we got to do. CJ right. Love, because, you know, I miss Sam and all that, but I'm over it already, Jay Love. I'm over it already. Are you over it? Are you already? <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> You know, AJ Love, like I've confessed to you and Sam publicly. I play that man on a daily basis. So, uh -huh. so, so, so I'm over it already. I'm, I'm moving on. So, so, so what's happening is, is that with the movement, you know, because it is a movement. It's not just a moment. It is a movement. Yes. Even though it's discouraging and hurtful, every time we see more instances of corruption, 
you know, and uh, and killings, we know that it has not stopped voices from talking, you know. And so uh, Hugo Mack is my name, um, an attorney at law, proud to be so through the grace of God, restored. I understand wrongful conviction, being a victim of it myself. And I'm here. And so let me just put in a shameless plug right here for myself. And so you know, if your car is driving down Trouble Boulevard before the police hook you up, Park your car on Mac Street. Park <laughs> your car on Mac Street. HMacLaw.com is your hookup. HMacLaw.com is your hookup. HMacLaw.com is your hookup. God bless you. God bless you, Attorney Hugo Matt. And the uh, uh, www.HMacLaw.com is on the screen if you need yeah. to get in touch with uh, Attorney Hugo Matt. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much. Thank you. So, um, next, we're going to bring in. Hi, Robin. <laughs> we can't hear you because your mic is muted. There you go. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Hi. How are you? I'm so excited to be here tonight. Your love. Oh, Attorney Mac, you know, you, you just are the bomb.com. Yes. And, and I second the notion. Listen, he responds too. Because when I needed him, I called him and he responded. And that's what we need. We need to be able to respond to each other. I tell you, Jay, I'm learning more than anything that responding to one another is going to be part of our healing journey as a people. And that it is important for us to heal. So I'm mm -hmm. Tia Luja. I just got finished doing a um, grief and loss seminar yesterday. I am the founder of The Choice Zone, and I do uh, transformation for individuals and corporations, business. It's just life coaching, life coaching, but at its best, okay? Um, and, and all life coaching is coaching you to be your ultimate self. And so I'm so excited to be here because I believe that this is our time to make changes individually and collectively. And we do that by becoming educated. I am with the G100 Oneness and Wisdom Women. I'm also on many platforms for social justice. And I am just empowered today more than ever to take a stand for righteousness and to stand for justice for all people. And definitely those who have been underserved yeah. And who have a legacy of it. So I'm not going to talk about my book that I picked up just yet, Jay, but just know, you know how I'm feeling that I did have some triggers mm -hmm. and I'm sure we will hit all of them tonight. I was triggered today too, Reverend Tia. Okay. I was telling Hugo, uh, Tony Hugo Matt, I read that article and I was instantly triggered, <laughs> but we're going to let it go. Let we it go. We're going to get on it, but we're yeah. Stuff. But thank you uh, and welcome, uh, Rev. Tia. Thank you. Well, I see uh, two of our guests are here, so I'm going to bring them in one at a time. Greetings, Vincent Martin. How are you? Hello, everybody, and to your distinguishing uh, guests and hosts. <laughs> hey, I'm delighted to be here, J Love. You know, whenever you need me, I, I'm coming running because you're part of the family, you know. You, I mean, me and your family are all intertwined, you know, my yeah. niece, you know, I mean, it, 
It's yeah. crazy. But <laughs> but the one thing I'm I'm really really focused on is on the plight of black people, and basically how we are getting the short end of the stick all the time. We're always first to be last in America. So mm -hmm. how do we we need to see how we come together and learn together to work for each other. Yeah. You know, and like I always say, what would happen right now? Because I'm I'm Cuban, just to be transparent. I'm 100 Cuban, but I was raised in the in the black neighborhood of Southwest Detroit. So I'm a black Cuban. I'm a double-edged sword. So how can we sit down here and get the black community and the Hispanic community to spend money with each other so we build both for our communities? I think that's yeah. the first step we might need to take. Just just putting it out there, you know. And yeah. I, I say I, I just got for calls right now. With uh, Congressman Gajawa's office, they're gonna be here next week doing an EJ tour. We're gonna be talking about this Justice 40 Act, which is you know all part of getting this funding. I mean, this record funding that they bring into America to help. 40% is supposed to go to black community, impoverished community, disenfranchised communities, but they set it up where they want to take race out of the criteria for, to get funding. So if you take race out of criteria. It automatically moves Detroit to an upper level middle class city, which means we're gonna get minimal uh, funds to come to our city. So I've been fighting that tooth and nail for the last three months, and it's been an uphill battle. But guess what? They just extended it 30 days for continued conversation. So we need to start writing the White House and saying you got to put race as a criteria because you use race for the Civil Rights Act, you use race for the Clean Water Act. You, re you use race for all these acts when it's come to it, but when it comes to resource distribution, you want to take race out of it so we don't get our fair share. I mean, it's it's this is you know systemic racism, environmental mm -hmm. racism. All the laws in America has been written against us. Yeah, to keep us down. So I yield. Yeah, um, like Sam said, race matters. It it matters. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation about that. And next, I'm going to bring on Reverend Pinkney. <laughs> Hi, Reverend Hello, Pinkney. everyone. Reverend Hello. Pinkney. How's everybody doing? Reverend Pinkney, you're not a guest. you kind of like <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I, I have some good news. You know, um, we're, we're in the process now of getting a, a, a 24th uh, person that has been in prison uh, well, he, this guy, he's been in prison for over 45 years and, uh, he's going to be released next. I'm, I'm thinking next Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it took us four years to get this guy released. And, um, uh, we had to go through all the channels to, to, to make sure that we, we cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And this, this, this has been a real challenge because, uh, uh, it takes money. You know, a lot of times people say, well, it don't, it do take money because one thing we always, you always have to have an attorney. You, you see, these, that's what I've been trying to explain to the, to the people that, you know, I know uh, uh, $2,000 is, is not a whole lot of money, but if you ain't got it, it's a lot of money. A lot of money you yeah. see? So what we try to do, we try to help finances as much as we can. Cause think about that. We got twenty-four people out. You you talking about over two thousand for each one? We talking about uh, in some cases they have to get a psych, which is about forty-five hundred, and 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 you 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 talking money that you really don't have, and I don't have it, you know. But I always try to donate something to make sure that we get the people out. 
and uh, uh and make sure we're doing what we supposed to do that way you can't have any bad thoughts about what's going on and i i enjoy it and I, i'm not the type that you know when, when the guy get out that i want you to uh be you know be all i would like you to join our organization but unfortunately out of the 24 we only had three to actually join the organization so i'm not mad i had one guy that lived right down the street from me who can walk to my house who've been calling me since 2003 when he got out he never never called or said a mumbling word or even called me to say hi thank you or what he got out and and just went his own way you see and but that's not why we do it we don't do it so that you could come and hug us and say how grateful you are but it sounds nice to do it and uh but that's not that does not stop the movement you see my right. job is to leave no one behind and 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 uh and, and that's what i fight for all the time and then we have this this water crisis here uh which is really crucial because my organization we blew the whistle on the governor you see we blew the whistle on her and the mayor here and they don't like whistleblowers that's if they black mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be smart enough to get anything done no matter how much education you have you're never smart enough when it comes to white folks white folks always think black folks is a little bit dumb but they found out that i may be a little bit smarter than them you see <laughs> you know when i blew the whistle i knew exactly the routes to take and not only did I blow it once, I blew it twice on. And that's, oh, wow. a, you know, that's a double win. But here's what they did. They sent uh, two detectives to my home and attempted to intimidate me, saying that I was selling water in Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, which is 45 miles from my house, one way, round trip, 90 miles. And they said <laughs> I took water from Benton Harbor to South Bend to sell how much money are they going to give you for a case of water <laughs> you see and how many could i probably take you know so it's crazy but then they came up with a doozy here's what they said the water test the, the lead was so high reverend penny you had to tamper with it or how would i be able to tamper with some water right examples it's, it's almost impossible right. but they have no respect for black people and then they all what they're trying to do is try to find a way so people can put the ben Harbor community water council down you see that they did something wrong and black people also they'll jump on that bad wagon like it ain't nothing yeah i knew it all the time and all the, you hear that from from black folks but here, here here's how we fight back we stand up to them. Mm -hmm. We go toe to toe with them, chest to chest with them, and make them put up or shut up. That's what I believe in doing. And I, I'm honored to be here today, J Love. Uh, this is just the beginning, but we got so much that we need to do, you see. Mm -hmm. And we got to figure out a way how we can do this thing together, you see. Your problem is my problem, yes. you see. Whatever it is, Hugo, your problem is my problem. And, and Reverend, your problem is my problem. And, and, and Mr. Martin, your problem is my problem. See, that's how we have to connect and, and use our resources to make sure we get the job done.
To me, nothing supersedes the mission. I don't care what it is. Nothing. I don't care what it is. Nothing stop me from continuing doing what needs to be done. And that's what I do. You see? So I'll turn it back over to you, Jay Love. Reverend you deserve Pink, it. Reverend Pinkney's, um, um Prison Nation asks, what is the name of your organization again? It's the Black Autonomy Network Community Organization. Okay. The Black Autonomy Network Community Organization. All right. Hope and they, they can reach me. They can reach me at 269-369-8257. Say it again, right? We, we've been getting so many people, especially with this prison thing going, and we've been successful. At it. We're getting so many people that, that want us to help. But, but I, I want to help them. But the point is, they got to find somebody in their family who can help them help us. Right. You see, but that's that's been one of the main problems that we have. And 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 some of my people, they ain't as strong as I am and, not, and, and may not be always committed to something like this. But my, you know, I don't believe in leaving nobody in behind. I try to help everybody. We vote on who we're going to help and who we're not going to help. And uh, I never voted no on anybody. Nobody. I don't care what it is. Never. It influenced a few, but said we have, you know, we got people, everybody got their own thing, but right. we're a team. We're not an individual thing. Right. And you said something real key, Rem Pinkney. Your problem is my problem. My problem is your problem. Like we're all in this together and we have to figure out how to come together because um, the more we work together, the more we can accomplish together. So. Absolutely. And you know what? That's what we have to understand, you know. And, and, and we walk around here. See, black people are some funny folks, you see. If they don't like you for any reason, they're not going to work with you. Mm -hmm. I don't care if y'all have the same goals or whatever it is. It don't mean nothing to black folks. But white folks can hang each other. And they'll work together to get that job done. And that's why I try to tell people nothing supersedes the mission. I'm not trying to win no popularity contest with you. You know, you I, you don't even have to like me. I wouldn't even give you that much power over me. You're talking about, I don't like Reverend me. Hairs, you know. You don't get no, you don't get no cookie for, 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 for liking me or not liking me. We move on. Right. And I still work with you, but right. I watch you. Right. Because nothing supersedes the mission. That's there you go. That's nothing. the goal. So, um, Reverend Pinkney and Vincent, um, let's talk about um, environmental injustice in our communities. I have been reading a lot of stuff and I was really, um, like I knew that lead affected the brain, but I didn't know that lead was affects the brain in a way that it also can change the behavior of, of people and affect um, crime. Mm -hmm. And so, and I was reading that, um, how it changes your mood. It changes how you respond to stuff or you don't respond to stuff. And um, when you listen to them talk about these lead levels in the water and, and all over the place, Cause you know, lead, you know, they only concerned about you drinking it, but your, your skin is also a sponge. And so when you get in the bathtub in it, it's going in your body as well. So when, when they talk about this and they say, well, this, 
the lead levels are lower than they have. Is there any level of lead that's safe? No. Well, let me let me let me interject. First of all, you gotta understand lead is it you could tie it in with the most violent era in 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 the, in the world's history during the Roman Empire. Um, you know, they was using all everything they did. They had lead baths that they bathed in. Uh, the the shields, the armament they wore was lead. Yeah. So they always posed with all this lead on them. So they was walking around here real violent during that era, during the gladiator days. All the weapons were lead. Everything, the, all the things they drank out of was made out of lead. So lead was a detriment to that era's most violent eras in, in the history of the world. So, you, you know, so they already knew this. You know, and the thing that, that about our community is systematically our community has been the petri dish for the world. They've been using the black community to experiment on us. I mean, going back, I mean, what's going on right now in America is a continuation of the Tuskegee experiment. When it started first with, with the syphilis, but now they're doing everything here in our community. Why do you think Detroit was the first community that they tried our emergency management and just took our vote away and took our took they took everything our all the Detroit's assets took the pensions from Detroiters. They haven't did that to no other city, but they do this to black people in general. So lead is one of the things that create violence in our community. So that's a, there's a direct correlation to it. Are you? Mm. Let me let me say this about lead. See, see what people don't say. What it do is it 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 kills the brain cells. It eat up the brain, and this is especially when the children are young. When it you know the the, the worst age is about from zero to about eighteen, and and what it does is just it just suck the life out of the brain of our children. You see, and you talking about behavior, uh, uh it will cause you to to become very very violent. Because we see it right here in Benton Harbor. You know, uh, I, I was in a grocery store and uh, a little boy about six years old had the nerve to call his mother the B word. And I, she said, well, I took my belt off and gave it to us and he'll tear his butt up. You know, because if you don't do it now, it's going to be a problem later on. Because he definitely there. And, 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 and the thing is, see, lead don't just eat up the brain. It deals with the kidneys. It causes kidney disease. You see, when you hear, you never hear nobody dying from a uh, 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 lead uh, in the kidney, but you'll hear someone dying from a kidney disease. You won't hear someone dying from liver disease or uh, uh, lead disease, but uh, they die, they die from liver disease. You, that's that's what you'll hear. Mm -hmm. And then heart heart disease and heart failure. You know. All that lead is, is what it blocks the arteries. You see, this is what we don't, and how it eats the stomach up when one lead in there. It's so much damage that lead can do that it's, 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 it's so damaging that you would not believe all the stuff, and nobody can. We have more people on dialysis in this very small community than probably anywhere per capita, and probably in the nation. And here's the thing we have five dialysis centers, five. We only we got less than ten thousand people. How do you do that? Yeah. That to me it makes no sense. But 
black people listen to white folks. See, here's what the governor came here and told everybody that don't drink the water because of abundance of caution. Not that the water was unsafe. She didn't she wouldn't say that. So you can't talk to black folks like that. Because if you tell them because of a caution, they're going to drink it. And I'm going to tell you this. I would say over 50% of the people that are living in Benton Harbor are still drinking that water. Still drinking it. Giving it to their children. Still doing it. Because black folks, is hard to, they, they don't listen. You see, they listen to white folks when they say it's, it's unsafe to drink, then they're not going to drink it. But you tell them, not to drink it because of abundance of caution. Are they gonna drink it? They ain't gonna, they, that's the last thing on their mind. We pass out water three days a week. And we try to give them, but we, you know, we, we have different areas to go. And then, you know, we repeat the same area. We know, so let's say we give them eight cases of water. Two cases of water is not enough for a family to drink. Right. If they, if you're brushing your teeth with it, if you uh, uh, uh you're drinking it and you're washing your 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 food with it, and 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 some you shouldn't be bathing in this water from the bottle. You should be bathing in this in and with this bottle of water. And also, you better be fixing baby phones with this bottle of water. And you telling me that eight cases of water is enough for you? And if we get, let's say if we gave them fifteen cases, they'd be calling the man on us. They gave us too many, too many cases of water. Or they find or they leave it out on the porch. You see, that's another thing they do, which makes no sense to me. That is so ghettoish to me. We're the type, we'll bring it in your house and put it in your basement. But yeah. they rather have it on the porch. And to me, that's the ghettoish things I ever seen in my it looks funky. And I hate to do it, but unfortunately, that's the only way that we can serve them. But also, you can't let that water in that plastic bottle get hot. Right. It contaminates. Too cold. Yeah, too cold. Yeah. Well, the, the dioxin yeah. break down, and you start drinking those particles from the plastic, which is yeah. even which is carcinogenic as well. Yeah, and, and acidic. I mean, it makes it makes the body more prone to disease. It keeps the body from being alkaline at all. There's no alkaline levels in that water especially when it has had heat or extreme cold to the plastic you know and the other thing too is that what they don't know is that when you look at at birth rate premature births having low um birth weight and slow growth in children along with learning disabilities um developmentally being delayed, irritability, loss of appetite, weight loss, sluggish and fatigue. He already mentioned abdominal pains, vomiting, constipation, hearing loss, mm -hmm. seizures, and eating things such as paint chips. See, people don't understand that when it comes to lead poisoning, you have all these effects but it doesn't say, oh, he or she has lead poisoning. Mm. And then they don't want to correct the problem because that's going to be money. Right. Yeah. That's going to be money. And they owe. 
they oh so we cannot back down i i will have the opportunity to walk with bishop jefferson out of flint who oh, yeah. um yeah that's my aunt and that's who that's my girl that's my that's your, yeah she <laughs> yeah yeah you were you at her birthday uh no a matter of fact uh she, we had uh we, they had the flint the eighth anniversary of the water crisis in flint and i was one of the speakers and uh yeah. it was also my wife's birthday so they they took us out to uh took took us out to eat and, and everything we you know we with them and we we just gave it to them yeah oh that's so good that's so good because i'm telling you she was on the front line for flint and and watching uh that process and they're still in the process and that's what people need to understand just because they haven't talked about it in the news doesn't mean it's not going on and just mm. because people think that it's not a problem even if you think it's not your problem it still is your problem and guess what but whether you believe it or not you believing whether it's a problem or not has nothing to do with the reality mm. it's like if yeah. i said it's raining outside and somebody said well we don't believe it mm -hmm. yeah it yeah. doesn't stop it from raining right wow. and you come in the house you all wet and they say right <laughs> I, i'm not sure it's raining outside <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because you wet, cause you could be wet from anything. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I want to ask. Oh, go ahead, Reverend Pigney, because I want to ask. Yeah, cause this 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 was huge. Uh, uh, on Thursday, that that was a uh, uh, and also you got the media out there to talk about Flint because now pe people are not talking about Flint like like they should be. See, that's that's the, the the place that opened the can of worms that they don't want to talk about. White folks don't want to talk about uh, Flint, Michigan. Uh, they don't want to talk about a Benton Harbor. They don't want to talk about contaminated water. They don't want to talk about the cutoffs in Detroit. They don't want to cut off or talk about none of these things. And we don't talk about it. That's even worse. We don't talk about it. We talk about what they want us to talk about. You know, rather than talking about what we should be talking about, how are we going to enhance the future of our children? Mm -hmm. There's nothing more important than our children. Nothing. I don't care what people say. Your children, your children is our future. And that's where we have dropped the ball. Right. I want to ask Attorney Hugo Matt mm -hmm. a question. Attorney Hugo Matt, have you ever heard of like, okay, um, I don't know if you have uh, any clients for Flint or Benton Harbor, but have you ever heard like anybody that was um, being tested for lead, you know, or things like that? Um, well, I, I tell you, no, because that that science, if you will, is still developing. But you know, mm -hmm. in Michigan, they've got compensate issues. And they've got insanity issues, okay? And mm -hmm. some people kind of mix those two up, all right? Yeah. And 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 I'm 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 tying that into what you asked me in in, in this moment here. So, uh, in in terms of that, like somebody saying like, well, they committed a crime allegedly because as a youth they ingested excessive amounts of lead that interfered with their cognitive development. It interfered with their reasoning. 
It interfered with their intellect. It interfered with their insight. You know, uh, mm -hmm. that is something that's going to be developed. And, and what's sad is, what's sad is, because we're eight years into, as Reverend Pinckney said, those kids are still growing up. Okay. Yeah. Those four and five year old kids are now maybe what, 12? Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. what, what I predict, and I hope I'm wrong, is that with those kids who've never been compensated, by the way, and, and I, I want to piggyback on what Reverend Pinckney was talking about. They've never been compensated, but part of the problem is. Black folks have rolled over and just accepted what it is they they were offered. And look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say apples and oranges here, but you had doctors at the University of Michigan and doctors at Michigan State University that use their position to sexually assault athletes. Mm -hmm. Athletes uh, like on a gymnastics team and 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 in Michigan uh, football players and what. And I'm saying they gave hundreds, yes. hundreds of millions of dollars to compensate a relatively small group of people compared to the kids in Flint is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is, is that when Reverend Pitney talks about, we don't respond, that's true. We, I mean, we don't, even with the meager compensation they were offering, I have so many people in Flint who simply never bothered to figure out the paperwork, never right. to, to file the paperwork. They even got an extension. Some uh, different groups tried to get an extension to argue that it wasn't enough money and they got an extension. And still, still, a paltry amount of those kids who never will be fully compensated, or a lot of them will end up not getting compensated at all. Why? Mm -hmm. Because their parents didn't take the damn time to even try to go out and fill out the paper. And the city's not just going to give you the money. They're, 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 they're not going to go to your house and say, you know, here's $15,000 for your child or whatever that is. So, um, what what the problem, Jay Love, is, is that it's going to take those kids growing up and the science to try to back that up. But I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. In America, when it comes to people of color, most juries don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about I was deprived as a child. They don't want to hear about I grew up in poverty. They don't want to hear about I had to steal in order to support myself. They don't want to hear I had to sell drugs for my family. They and, and I'm talking about black people too now, black people too. Mm -hmm. Juries, they simply don't want to hear it. So uh it's gonna take about another 10 years for those cases to start coming up, and then we'll see how effective that is. A lot of this is considered junk science, J Love. We've talked about yeah. that too, you know, and somebody putting up a defense, you know, back in uh uh what eight, eight years ago would be what 2015 or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. I ingested paint or, you know, uh, uh, lead, and therefore I went on a robbery grocery store. That's a heavy lift, J-Love. That's a yeah. heavy lift. Hey, Attorney Mack, uh, when I was in Flint on, on Thursday, uh, one of the uh, uh, law firms was there, and he, he told and this shocked me. He said that I, there's only about 1,000 cases where people have fouled and he said and here's the bad part about that they supposed to do a follow-up mm -hmm. and they lost almost half of them i was totally shocked because this is the way we act see if it's not happening right now 
and we can't see it right now, we're not going to get involved. And here's another thing. These guys that we be trying to get out of prison, we try to get their family involved. They be so scared that we're going to ask them for money. Just this week, I, I, I told this guy that we know we, we voted to, to, to help him, right? So I told his family that we'll foot most of it, but you have to provide some of the money yourself, you see. And you know what? She came to my house and asked me for all his paperwork. And I was in total shock. I could not believe it. But I know that's the mentality that we're dealing with as black folks. You talking about Flint got 100,000 people there. And you got only 1,000 people that said in Benton Harbor, we got 10,000. We got 200 people that have signed up for the lawsuit. Unbelievable. But just, just to be transparent, I was asked to represent community during the negotiation between the state and Flint. And one of my first questions is, I'm, I come from Detroit area. Why are you asking me to come represent? Say, where are the people from Flint who should be here? Where is Nair Sharif? Where are all these advocates? And they was like, they, they weren't available and wanted to come to you. So I was sitting there and we was, you know, negotiating. And I was telling them, when they first came out with the $600 million, I said, that ain't got enough because I had already did the math. That come out to $400 each person yeah. to, be put, to be exposed to this for the rest of their lives. I said, how do you figure that sort of black lives only worth four hundred dollars? But then you go to what happened to Kalamazoo in your neck of the woods when that when that oil spill right. happened, and, and and they cleared out that that was a multi million dollar area this where this oil was spilled. These multi million dollar homes, all those homes were evacuated. The people because they were saying there was uh, uh, breathing in benzene. In my neighborhood, we breathe benzene every day, you know, evacuated. And then they bought all those people out. I'm talking about, so in resource distribution is horrible. And Attorney Matt, I'm glad you're here. We need more environmental uh, attorneys, especially in the black community. Every time you try to find an environmental attorney, they're telling you, uh, I've done some work for this company or that company, and it will be a conflict of interest. So we always got to go outside of our neighborhood and always someone out that don't look like us to represent us. That's a big issue. You know, the, to get past that, that's a barrier right there because we already don't trust the messenger. So so if, if we're going to get someone to protect, to protect us, we, hopefully we get someone that look like us, but that's far and few between our community. And Mr. Martin, you know, what you said is, is really, really something because it's hard to find a black attorney that will act. If I'm on trial, I I, I, I hate to say this. It's, it's it, down here. You know, you got to watch everybody. You, you know, I do have an attorney here that I consider him my friend. But he took a dab on me, too. You see? I was just fortunate that uh, the, the evidence didn't point in their direction, even though they sent me to prison. You know, I already, you know, know, I know what happened. But like you said, you, you the, the higher a black attorney down here is, you know, you almost cause if they offer him anything underneath the table, you gone. You know, it, it's just like that. 
and I and I've been court watching for over twenty five years here. Over going to courthouse every day like a job and wasn't getting paid a dime. Didn't even ask for no grant money, no nothing. I was just fortunate, you know, uh, that I worked hard all my life and was able to build up a kitty. And I utilized that, me and my wife, and she, she wasn't mad about it, so we just did what we had to do. But I, I you know, it's, it's you you will not hire a black attorney down here. To me, they they, they want to be like the white folks. You can't hire a, a, a white attorney because you, you don't know where they're going. Uh, I, I made friends with this guy uh, probably 20 years ago, and uh, and he, I, I know he took a dad because his, his son was up for uh, uh, child molestation, and uh, so he had to choose between his his son and me, and you know what that means. I, I didn't have you're a chance you're in the world. You yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, but but it, it comes with the territory. I understand this. You see, I, I, I if I can do something to help somebody, take the bullet. You see, see what I'm saying? Because you be you, they'll find a way to make it right, some kind of way. So I'm 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 just good. I'm just I'm, I just want to get out here and make sure that we take care of our people because that is something that we have failed to do. Just take care of uh, each other and and build that foundation for the future of our children. And we're not good. We're re resilient. We are resilient to those fallacies, to that, that, that to that mind thinks, you know, because remember, we <clears throat> got to start thinking on a higher level to, to, to build our community up. We got to start thinking higher of ourselves. Yes. I was going to say, you know, we first we got to love ourselves. Yeah. And so when you don't have love for yourself, you don't have love for anything. Mm -hmm. And Reverend said in the in the chat, we have to investigate and invest in ourselves. That's part of loving yourself. Jay, light up we some incense want... for love. Light up an incense yeah. for love. Right. <laughs> 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 First, say, you know, when we um we're talking about lead, mm -hmm. we're talking about you know what you say, um, benzene, benzene. We're talking mm -hmm. about all of these things that we're inhaling and breathing. You don't hear these in these suburban communities. No. I know um, they were talking about building something um, in Detroit where, and I can't think of what they were doing, but anyway, it was going to, it would blow down in Redford and Livonia. They scrapped that. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they're... They're not going to accept that. But in our communities, we just, I don't know, we just have so much work to do because we think it's all normal, you know. Yeah. I rode through Southwest Detroit um, My hood. Um, day, 75, and I saw the refinery down there. And I saw how close the houses mm -hmm. are to that refinery. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, you know, is this an area that they have high cancer in? And you got this uh, refinery right next door. It shouldn't be no houses over here. It should not be houses on the same block as a refinery. But, you know, how do these things happen in our communities that go mm -hmm. unaddressed? And then, hey, hey, Caleb, let, let me, I, I tell you exactly how this happened. It's called the permitting process that they have in the state of Michigan. You got to understand, mm. you can have a thousand 
companies in your neighborhood and they all could be admitting 25%. That'd be, that's like the maximum, but they don't ever take into effect the commutative of effect of all those coming together. And then mm. when all those gases come together, what do it become? It becomes, and then they got us buying into these monitors. I've asked some scientists that designed the monitors say, now when all these chemicals mix in the air, do these chemicals become fugitive to the monitors? This was during a big forum. They said, no, they said, no, I mean, we, we can't answer. But then after me, they came back and said, Mr. Meyer, I want to tell you, you were absolutely right, but we couldn't say that because our funders were not. So in other words, the truth is not being delivered to our community about what we're going. I mean, I, the, our biggest nemesis is PM 2.5 and PM 10 particles. Those are the, the emissions coming out the out the back of your car, coming out of the smokestacks at the plants. Well, all these this gas be carrying metals. When you sit on here and you start breathing regular air, you think you're breathing air, you get no small particulate matters that, that you breathe into your system. Once it goes into your system and through your septum and all into your body, then it gets into your bloodstream. When it gets into your bloodstream, those metals start affecting your vital organs. Mm -hmm. So, so, so when you start having, so you start seeing, you know, that your pancreas don't create enough insulin to keep your sugar low. You can, mm -hmm. you know, you cannot, you, you start getting, gaining all this weight because your body start going to fat storing and things of that nature. Is because we are manufacturing type two diabetics because of pollution in our community, and they don't want to tell you that. No, they rather say you eating the, you know, you eating too many carbs. <laughs> yeah, and, and they would rather they would rather go ahead and build some dialysis centers. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, and I put in the chat the corporation is king in America. So as long yeah. as the money can be made, and that's what people who are underserved need to understand is that the we the people aren't we the people number one we the people are not cared for because it's not a corporation and that's how america has operated and you that's why it started it started with us as the as we were the stock market Right. And, we're, and we're still three-fifths of man in the laws of this land. Yeah. Still, It still hasn't changed. And, yeah. and Dred Scott is still live and kicking. has never been overturned. So That's right. You know, the Civil Rights Act was written, but they never written no enforcement in protection. That's right. Well. Go ahead, Attorney <laughs> Matt. I know you got late early. Well. I may not. <laughs> I, I may not. Look here. Look here. I've, I've told people to wait on me in the past. I think I'm going to do it again tonight. So, but, but see, I also wanted to chime in with this in terms of the corporate power. See, when the United States was formed, when the Constitution was written, corporations didn't have the power they have now. You see what I'm saying? And when, because a corporation is like a, a pseudo person, in other words, it's not a, it's, it's a, it's a construct. Corporations can own property. Corporations can speak through attorneys, through a case called Citizens United, a terrible Supreme Court decision, terrible mm -hmm. Supreme Court decision. 
corporations can put in money as, as free speech. Corporations have a right to free speech. The only thing corporations can't do is vote, okay? And mm. so, uh, but but they damn sure can influence the vote. So, exactly. so, so, so what's happened is, is that now corporations, see, like I said, originally corporations had a shelf life. In other words, they lived for a certain time and then they, they were dissolved as a matter of public good because they did not want corporations building up power over time. But the way corporations have evolved in the United States now, corporations exist literally in perpetuity. I mean, there's, there's you know, uh, letters of incorporation or, you know, paying taxes and what have you. But General Motors will be here forever, okay? We'll mm -hmm. be here forever. That, that, that's a corporation. So when they let corporations have the ability to put in money and give them a right of free speech, of course, you all know that influences with private monies who these people are backing and, and, and who's, who's getting elected. They will flood the market with lies and misinformation, you know, and, and I, I have to say something. I mean, I, you know, I love myself and who I am, but, you know, we've got to be the most gullible people on the face of the earth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We are the most, we are, and, and please, no hate mail, no hate email, please, okay? Please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, email. Yeah, yeah, you're you getting you know. some hate mail. you get some. Yeah. We, can't, we, we can't accept reality. Don't send it See, to me. <laughs> yeah, you getting some hate mail now. You earned it for that statement. <laughs> Look, here, here's something that, 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 you know, one of the things, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of us out here fighting, but it is. But we're just so scattered. Yeah. And one of the things that corporations do, they buy and sell human beings. Yeah. You see? They buy and sell you. When they don't need you no more, let, let me give you this a perfect example. It was a black guy here named his name was Robinson. And he was a buck kisser for <laughs> Whirlpool. He helped destroy the school system. He he would tell the board how to vote, you know, give him a few dollars underneath the table. He was the one who, who passed the money out for Whirlpool. And when they didn't need him no more. He can't, he's homeless now. Mm. He was, he was making, he was making six figures for these guys passing out, controlling the, the elected officials, the, the commission and controlling the school board. He'll sit at the a meeting and give them signals and they vote, you know, how to vote on everything. And then when they didn't need him no more, they sent him to Chicago. And when they sent him to the Chicago, he had to find a place to live for himself. And he's homeless. You see him now, he's like a bum. And I, and, and I can't laugh at him because I don't laugh when people, I see people that, that has fallen. But mm -hmm. I, I don't associate with him because I would never associate with a sellout. If I owned a barbershop and a, and a sellout came in my barbershop, I would not cut his hair. I wouldn't do it. If I owned a grocery store and a sellout came to buy food for him and his family, I would not sell him. I won't do it. If he need to buy gas, if I own the gas, I would not let him do it. If he pumped the gas in there before I get out there, I'll suck that gas out of his car. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how serious I am about this. See, this is what's hurting us and killing us. Yeah. These folks selling out and, and saying things that they know is not true. Like this mayor we got. This guy is was a Muslim brother 
Mr. Louis Farrakhan was at my house when he told his brother to run for mayor. And he asked him, he said, will you take care of the people? He said it three times. Each time he said, yeah. Soon as we got him in there, this guy went for I'm a, I'm the uh, uh, mayor for everybody. Uh, uh, this is how it's gonna be in, in a pack with white folks. Just uh, they, they going nuts, clapping and, and everything, cause they already knew who he was. But those, these are the type of people that have destroyed us and our children, and that's why we have to stand up and fight. Yeah, you're right. And they're in all the in every institution, you know. They're all the sellouts is all over the place in the way. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> you can so, um, the bottom, you you run out. Hey, look, you won't have no business. You know, <laughs> you can't tell nobody handle. <laughs> Everybody's a sellout. Yeah. Hey, I turn you back. You can't get no clients because they all a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> you say, oh man, I'm gonna stop the devil on with them. <laughs> <laughs> so they're here. Um, Prison Nation wrote in the, ch in the chat the Florence Crane facility, Lakeland Correctional facility, and other MDOT prisons are known to have asbestos. When I was incarcerated at Lakeland, Lakeland, there were signs posted on the walls in the health unit, even warning of the asbestos. And in the sunlight, we see all this stuff floating in the air. That's why so many of them come home so sick. He's right. So sick because of the well, stuff that's in there. First of all, you got to understand, these buildings are old infrastructures. They kept asbestos to wrap around the pipes, keep them from freezing, from busting and things of that nature. So mm -hmm. things only have a lifespan and then they start breaking down. Just like the same thing as the, the lead pipes in Flint. They put them because to keep it from leaching, but it breaks down into the water. I mean, money been building black structure. All they've been doing is putting a bandit on the ulcer. They've been letting us get, get the ulcer, put a bandit on it, and say keep on stepping. So we just figure. Out, that's why I keep. To, that's why I'm talking to them. Inspire uh, side chats. We was hearing get COVID happen. And you know, and, and that's been a two year hiatus, but we back to how we can sit down here. How we we need to start, we need to actually get together and figure out how we could um break uh take get this uh key to um, um take this justice for you lock and bust it open so how we can get those dollars because guess what? We're gonna have to figure out the combination, but white folks gonna get it if we, we don't do it. They gonna get it, and those are dollars earmarked for our communities. Mm -hmm. So we too busy worrying about this, that, and the other. But we need to we need to figure out what are the census tract that's gonna be eligible for this money. What are, what are the requirements? What you gonna need? All that needs to be talked about now. You know, and that's the problem. We always late to the game. We don't we don't pre prepare to be, be participating in the game. We always want to come in at the last minute and put me in. You're not ready. Reactive. We're reactive. Right. Instead mm -hmm. of proactive. Mm -hmm. I know, um, Vincent, uh, the, the mat plant, that area, the people over there, they've been complaining about the air quality, but they were so uh, insistent on putting another plant in that area. Now, you got a, one plant that's that's been over there, the Jefferson plant. 
and then you put another plant right next door and you don't think that's going to contaminate those people in that area that's right it's no. gentr yeah gentrification is called mm -hmm. it's called killing you with a thousand cuts if you know you start getting these this these things in your air you start breathing in these airs and you might have a long life, but you're going to have a long, sick life going to the doctor all the time. You know, if you do have any uh, any kind of windfall, it's going to be taken up because you're going to need long-term care eventually if you don't mm -hmm. have no family to take care of you. There's so many mechanisms to steal black wealth. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's how that, that's the, the biggest thing. How can we nurture and build black wealth in our community is the Number one priority, I think that we need to start concentrating on and working on, because we need to start owning our communities instead of letting mm. outsiders own our communities. Because yeah, they come outsiders come in and make millions and take the money. Yeah. home. and, so and the money never circulate. It don't circulate in our community. The right. dollars gotta circulate inside the community. Right. We don't own no stores. We don't own no gas stations. We don't. Own, we own barbershops and, and and beauty shops, but we don't own a a, a a grocery store. We don't own none of these things that that have that keep the dollars circling in our community. We don't own that. We don't even own health centers. You see, but here's something that we haven't talked about. There's a uh, when it comes to the water, there's something even just as bad as lead, the bacteria in the water. E. Coli. That nobody wants to talk about. See, here in, uh, everybody level of concentration was on lead, mm -hmm. even my even myself, because I had not received the uh, uh, the 2018 survey of the water plant. It was there, but I never read it. It was 35 pages long, and I never read it until we filed that petition with the EPA. After I filed that, then I read it. But we had already filed that part of the petition and we couldn't actually go back and talk about the material unless we filed the second one, which, you know, uh, they would probably find a way to really eat me up if I, we did something like that, you know. But the bacteria at the water plant, at one time, they were talking about it would take $25 million to resolve the Benton Harbor community, uh, the Benton Harbor water plant. $25 million. Mm. Uh-huh. So here's what they did. Only in black communities they do this. They bypass all that work and put in, uh, uh, I think, fluoride and a disinfectant. Somehow that has, has neutralized the bacteria, according to them, which we wanted to see the data. I want to I wanna, I wanna go step by step and go over the data so we'll know what you're saying is the truth, because I know you lie to black people. I don't take your word for nothing. I don't. It's you not have to show me. <laughs> yeah, you have to show me in writing and how you got to this point where there's no, uh, uh, not the water is safe to drink now all of a sudden, and you haven't put the $25 million in there. You have to show me, because I'm not that naive to believe something like that. And they, once again, they get mad at me. They always, and that's one of the reasons why they sent up these state police to my home. Don't send no cop to my home because he might be trigger happy. I do not go for mess like that, but I'm going to continue fighting for my brothers and sisters until that day my number be called. Mm -hmm. You see, but 
remember this, it's not just the lead in the water. That bacteria is just as bad as lead. You see? Well, and and but they don't want black folks to know this. You see, no, nobody if you had talked to somebody here in Benton Harbor about bacteria in the water, they'll probably laugh in your face. You know, because they don't know. Black folks don't read. Most of them, I shouldn't say all, I ain't saying all now, because my wife will get on my back. But I, I, I'm gonna say, uh, 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 most of them don't read. And and it took, it was 35 pages through the report. I didn't read it myself. I was so many, I didn't read it until 2021. Mm-hmm. From 2018. But this bacteria will kill you. Yeah. Attorney Matt. Well, another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, we talk about the, uh, there's also an incinerator also too, uh, not just a refinery. I can't remember what part of Detroit that's in, but there, yeah. there's, there's an incinerator that's causing asthma, all kind of skin rashes, you know, uh, uh, just, just air pollution in and of itself, eye problems. So, you know, we are consistently in that neck of the woods. But, you know, once again, and like I said, Forward all your hate mail to J Love. Don't don't send hate <laughs> mail to that kind. Attorney Matt, you got to get at least one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't let we, you got to get one. <laughs> okay, well look, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna write a hate mail to myself and forward that. Yeah. To <laughs> gotta do it. Gotta do it. <laughs> see, but see, part of the problem with us is also this. Now. You know, that last election, that mayor, they had 17% of the people in Detroit vote, man, 17%. And you know what? We didn't have no voter suppression in Detroit. We didn't have no police standing at the precincts in Detroit, okay? We didn't have white folks with clubs sending black people in Detroit. 17% of people voted because that's all who wanted to vote, all right? That's Mm -hmm. all who wanted to vote. And that is a simple fact, you know? uh, They had this thing, what, you know, Proposal P. You know, I, I thought it was a, a good plan myself, but, you know, they had prominent black folks uh, saying, you know, it was a bad idea and, and, and you know. Corporations. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying, bad idea. But I tell you what, they managed to get them casinos, and I'm not speaking against Mr. Barton or anything, but they managed to get, the, you know, that's one black business that got into them casinos. But who would that ultimately benefit? Who is that ultimately benefiting? Now, they say, well, the casinos are the black-owned casinos. I think Dave Bing had something to do with that, too. The black-owned casinos, they pay they pay taxes in the city of Detroit. Pittance. A pittance compared to the lives that are destroyed when them people with gambling addictions, they go in there. They got stress. They're committing suicide. They're losing their houses. So, you know, we bear a responsibility also when we don't elect people that mandate looking out for us. You understand what I'm saying? So all of that would not exist. I'm going to say this, then I'm going to get off my soapbox. Black people voted in droves, in droves to approve recreational marijuana. You know, man, don't nobody be telling me, man, I, I got a right to, you know, alcohol legal, you know, you know, you know, all these sociologists. All right. Who ain't never been by nobody's school. OK, all these sociologists, you know, these street hustlers, these keyboard uh, PhDs coming in here saying all that. Well, now black people are going to be the main ones to suffer the carcinogens uh, from marijuana. Ain't 
When's the last time you saw a filter tip on the edge of a marijuana cigarette? Okay, so mm. you're inhaling all that stuff directly into your system. And I'm telling you, we are the ones that will suffer the long-term consequences of that, just like cancer, okay? And time and time again, and we're not even getting any money from the marijuana industry. We can't afford to get a, a, a marijuana shop. You know what I'm saying? We can't afford to do it. So once again, we will consume every damn thing and produce nothing, okay? That's that's the way the system is on us. Yeah. Attorney Mag, just to let you know, our black, our black casinos, Motor City is now the majority owner is the Illiches. And uh, Greek Town can see the majority ownership of that is my man who owns Quick Along. What's his name? The one who had the, the stroke that owned the oh. Cleveland back. He oh, owns uh, all that. Um, so now we don't have no black owned casino in Detroit. Just to let you know, they're all now okay. white owned casinos. So, I didn't know that. Thank you. Thank you. It, 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 I mean, what you say is so true. Like right now in Wayne County, first of all, Michigan has eight landfills. Six of them are in Wayne County, the blackest county in the state. Uh, Detroit fills up, and Michigan fills up maybe 38% of the, 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 the garbage and everything going in there. We get the, the rest from outside the state. And now, mm -hmm. now remember COVID, is not considered toxic. So it goes into the regular waste streams. So that means all this COVID affected garbage is going to our neighborhood, mixing in and becoming methane and it's getting released. So then when something like a virus like COVID come in, our system are already compromised to it. Because your body got to develop a, a, an immunity to the little bit that you are getting already. So mm -hmm. when something like that comes in, a, a vector coming to our community, then we are more subject to get it. That's why we have such high numbers. Right. So, you know, because you because know, we are already so and and I'm afraid right now they just approved the law, our Michigan legislature, to now accept all the other states' radioactive waste into into Detroit. So mm. Michigan, Wayne County is the dumping ground for the whole Midwest. That's, That's the problem. Terrible. Yeah. That's horrific, actually. And so, when again, when you're talking about COVID, you see, they were saying that they was finding it in the in the wastewater. Yeah, they knew. Yeah. They knew how it was. You know, that's how they was knowing that the numbers was going up because of the wastewater. So you can find COVID in the wastewater, but you can't find the bacteria and other stuff that's in the wastewater well mm. it was a brother that that discovered that at duke university he wrote a, a, a doctoral thesis on it on how he could know where outbreaks came from because the the the, the water it, it from from the waste stream tell you exactly where you're gonna have your outbreak so you know I, i'm you know first of all hbcus the scientists at hbcus need to be uplifted now we need to start pushing our kids to go, start going to HBCU so we can start concentrating on black problems, black mm -hmm. issues, and start building our black infrastructure. Because every time our black intelli intelligentsia goes to white communities, we're building up white uh, schools and white infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So we need to start figuring out how you know. That's why I'm I'm Cuban. I keep like I said that go, and I'm so proud because one thing Castro did. 
uh, in Cuba, he educated his people. You yeah. know that, that I mean, and 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 they doing wonders with medicine. And yeah, they want the help yeah. Them, but the United States don't want their help. No. Absolutely not. Hey, I, I, I take my hat off to Castro, too, because, uh, uh, you know, they're training medical doctors. See, a black person can go there and become a doctor and a good doctor. Mm -hmm. See, that, see that's, that's the difference. They can go, go to Cuba and go, go to medical school there and become a good doctor because they have good doctors over there in Cuba. Not only good doctors, but great doctors. But look, I, I, I got to go to another Zoom, but I just want to tell everybody, we're having an Occupy the PGA here in the city of Benton. It's a mass demonstration. It's all about the uh, uh, stolen land that these uh, white folks, these corporations stole from the city of Benton Arbor, and we're protesting that. And uh, also it's about the contaminated water and also about nine bodies that they have pulled from the river here and they all, every last one of them, were found to be no, no foul play, which is a lie. One guy had his penis cut off, and they were still no foul play. Had his braid cut off, it was no foul play. And they don't even want to investigate it. They just realized that one boy, Eric, Eric McGinnis, they were just talking about that briefly. And they, they, after 30 years, now they have come to the conclusion it was a homicide, which doesn't make no sense. But it's us. We don't do nothing. So we're having a mass demonstration May 28th. I would love for all you guys to come and be speakers and, and talk about it. Uh, Bishop Jefferson going to be there. Uh, my friend song going to be there, people from Detroit. And we're just going to have a good time and, and show folks that we can do things. I'm inviting Hugo, the Mac, come Mac, <laughs> J-Love. Martin, uh, 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 <laughs> Reverend, uh, we need you there. We need you because if we fight together, we can win. The, yeah. the problem is we don't fight. Reverend you Peter, said, you I believe in fighting for everything. I fight everything. Reverend right. Peter, you you've know. been invited by my colleague this week coming up in Southwest Trade. We're going to be meeting with uh, Congressman Grijalva uh, regarding the, equal, the the EJ Fall Act. That's I'm part of that coalition putting all oh, that on. Okay. So, so yeah, so we'll be talking when we, we see it when we see each other there because that's what we need environmental justice for all, but especially black people. Absolutely, yeah. and, and we have to stand together. Yeah. You see, this is the this is the problem, and 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 look, we ain't got to go on that thing. We got to love each other. You know, this is not for any popularity contest. This is for the future of our children. That's yeah. what I look at. And on that note, it is an honor always, Attorney Mac. You're, you know, you're my man. You see, <laughs> love you, man. And and Martin got a chance to see all y'all. You know, Jay Love, Reverend, I got you. Hey, Bishop, that's my girl. <laughs> now you're gonna be my girl. We we right here. We right here. <laughs> I, I'm gonna bring her with me on the 28th. We're gonna be there. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to it. And Jay Love um, gonna come with you too. And yes, I'm I am. Y'all get a band and come together, and we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. And then we, I'm gonna want y'all all to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll right, be there. I gotta, I gotta leave y'all. But don't all right, worry. thank you, Reverend Pinkney. We're but talk. I love y'all, and we're gonna love continue this fight forever. Yeah, and that's a promise. That's yes. right. That's thank right. you, Reverend Pinkney. So, you guys, I wanted to put this up. So, Vincent, maybe you can. Prison Nation wrote the water at St. Louis 
had an E. coli and some other parasite. I forgot the name. It began with a P. And it gets into your intestinal system like a worm. Mm. These are facts. Again, the CEOs all know, knew not to drink the water, but the prisoners all had to drink it. Well, that E. coli stuff, whenever E. coli, say whenever they start telling you about the, the boil water, it's to destroy the parasites and the E. coli in, in the water. That, that's one of the first things they tell you to do. So it, it is a, a problem again, though. But the problem is we got old infrastructure and how and they got the, these dollars now available to start fixing our infrastructure. But we need to get prepared on how we get those dollars into our neighborhoods. And we could we could do our own workforce development. There's enough bad infrastructure that everyone in the city of Detroit could be working. Everyone in the city of Flint, Ben Harbaugh could be working, fixing up the, the problems in their community because they had never been fixed. Right. So how I just saw dollars? something. I just saw something that Biden said that uh, everybody um, home in America, um, they're going to remove all the lead, the pipes from all the homes in America. Yep. He's getting that kind of pressure. Yeah, definitely. That's what we tell him. You know, I mean, because these houses have been built since the 20s, 30s, and 40s. You know, right. the pipes are still the same pipes. Right. So those are jobs right here in our communities. So we have to do, we have to, because I, I'm, you know, I just was thinking about just, just the relationship with how, you know, we're talking about how lead just eats you up, you know, those things just eat you up. And I'm sure, you know, we be hearing about stuff that's going on in our community crimes that's going on that sounds just so insane and i'm sure attorney hugo matt you have gotten some that just sound really insane and i'm i'm sure people don't wake up and say i'm going to do something insane i'm it has to be some kind of chemical problem some kind of whatever is going on but we are never getting to it and you know and these people are being in these prisons 30 years or 40 years before you even figure it out Right. That is environmental. Right. And and see, part of the part of the problem too, Jay Love, um, you know, which is why I've done what I can to support the uh, Good Time Initiative, you know, uh, because we cannot count on the legislature to act, especially a Republican legislature mm -hmm. and, and sell out Democrats, by the way, um, to act. So, you know, we've got to try to put this on a public referendum. You know, we, we, right. we have to. And so part of the problem is you are so right with people spending these basketball score uh, sentences, you know, and, and, and believe me, I ran for county prosecutor. OK, so I, I want to be very clear here as all my 40 years of doing criminal defense work. I'm telling you, uh, Richard Pryor was right. Thank God for penitentiaries, because what I'm saying is there are some people, some people who simply need to be separated from society, predatory to the max, okay? And so, and believe me, I spent some time with them, okay? So, but but that by far is not the majority, you know, that isn't even a significant minority, J-Love. That's mm -hmm. a severe minority. So what I'm saying is, I can tell you from personal experience, if you put a man or woman, you give them a 30 to 80 year sentence, you and we in society have proven our point to that person 
after no more than 10 or 15 years, J-Love, because right. all the, all, after that, we're just kind of like going around in a circle. You, I mean, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? So that person is not going to get any better rehabilitated wise uh, after, after 30 years, in my opinion, in, in my opinion. So what I'm saying is when we allow a system to keep people in warehousing and give mm -hmm. them no hope, Remember, 85% of the people within the Mission Department of Corrections are coming out. So it's yeah. not like people are going to be gone forever. You're not going to see them. They're going to be on the same streets that each of us live on. Okay. Right. And we won't even know who they are, but they'll know right. who we are. They'll know who we are. Okay. And if you have a person coming out bitter, vindictive, we're not safer, J Love and Vincent right. and Tina. We're, we're, we're not safer. So, um, I guess for me, when I look at the system and I look at the cases that go on, you're right, J-Love, people are being influenced in terms of society, the neighborhoods we come from. we got selective enforcement of the laws in certain neighborhoods uh, and, and other people getting a pat on the wrist or slap, not even a slap on the wrist, a pat on the wrist and then mm -hmm. going home and some of our kids ending up in juvenile court. So right. a pipeline all the way to the penitentiary. I've seen it a million right. times. Right. And, and 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 these um where you find the neighborhoods that have more um environmental um issues going on, they're the most surveilled. They're That's the right. most policed. That's right. And, and also another problem is the desensitization of our to our kids. All these violent toys they give them, all these uh That's programming true. that that goes up. Mm -hmm. This is you know. It, it's not a kid uh, blow somebody's head because they playing a game called Fortnite. They didn't do that all the time. Yeah, so mm -hmm. in real life, that's no, they not, they not sensitive to that issue because this is something that's they true. do all the time in the game. And it's, right. it's hard to get a kid to be able to differentiate from real life in a, in a, in a, in a game. That's right. So that's a big issue. Right. That's, right. that's right. And see, I, I just want to say this. My sister, Reverend Tia, said something months, couple, some months back that I always remember and always say that is exactly right. She was talking about when she was growing up. I don't know. I don't know if she met a young man or whoever it is. They called, said, look, you, you couldn't just call my house and talk to me. You had to talk to like three or four people before you even got a chance to talk to me. It's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. See, she had those filters. Her mama, her daddy, her people had a filter because they knew she needed to be protected. They wasn't just going to let anything come up on her. And that is exactly right. Exactly right. right. And, what, and what Brother Martin said is exactly right. Why do us, we as black people, let the TV be the babysitter? You know, you know, you say, oh, mama, daddy, I want me an Xbox or whatever that, that, that thing is there. Well, what kind of games you putting on the thing? You know, right. what, what? It's programming. What? Yeah, it's programming, and we are financing our own demise. Is what we yes. do. You know, we're financing Ooh. our own demise. Woo, we got to we got to write that down, Jay. <laughs> we are financing our own demise. I'm telling you, this is. You know what? You are so right. We have got to take our families back. I am. Look, I am an advocate for that all the time. And um, I know that our guests had mentioned resource distribu distribution and, you know, looking at all resources and how are all resources being distributed? 
we have to begin to ask the questions how did i get here how did this food get here um what what went into the creation of it how did it get to my plate i -hmm. called my cousin who has a farm not far from here and uh i said let me tell you something i went i told him i went to the grocery store and i was highly upset and he said, well, cousin, now this is my baby cousin. He says, well, what's, what happened? What happened? He calls me auntie. That's how much older I am than him. He said, auntie, what happened? I said, let me tell you something. I spent too much money. I said, and what I realized was that they have us by our necks. But actually, I didn't say that. I said something that was probably part of the male body part but you know exactly what i'm saying he started cracking up because you know he was like rev come on now i'm like seriously we're doing a family farm it is time for families to co-op together know what's going in your food mm-hmm. know how to cleanse the water and it's just mind-boggling because in Michigan, we are close to water everywhere. And the biggest polluters of the water and of all pollution in the entire United States that actually affects other countries are corporations. Mm-hmm. Hey, Reverend Little John, one thing you got to remember also Michigan has been the arsenal of defense for for the West of, since World War One. That's right. Has been building all the arsenals, all the tanks, all the everything has been built here. The, the, the atom bomb was being, like I say, they they, they they was drilling for it here, right in the Detroit River. And where was where they, where they do the, with the waste? I, like I say, I'm afraid that they dumped it into our into the salt mines because you know Detroit has a salt mine that goes through the whole city. So we walking around and getting exposed by this gamma radiation coming from the stuff that's been being dumped down into the salt mines. Woo! But they don't want to tell us that. That's why we walk around with, with, with all these ailments and all this sickness and all that because it's by design. Yeah. 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 And and the and the radiation, you know, that's gonna be cancer. And and then they say, well, if you and this is what this is what trips me out all the time. And these are the narratives that we believe instead of doing the investigation, seeing how did they gather the information, what was in the community, what was in the environment. But they say, oh, this sickness follows you. This mm-hmm. sickness pertains to black people or people of color. And, and it's hereditary. It's hereditary. No, yeah, if we all lived in this area. Right. Of course, we all gonna have it. It's not hereditary. We That's all right. live in a toxic area. It's yeah. experimentation. Yeah. So, you guys, I want to thank you guys for this conversation because it's much needed. I mean, we really have to pay attention to what we're consuming what we're drinking, what we're listening to, because it's, you know, it's all, you know, it all works together, you know, and and when we're talking about, you know, our, the safety in our neighborhoods, if you got a lot of toxic people 
crazy people running around, you're going to have a lot of crime. That's reality. But it's and, all at the end of the day. Oh, go ahead, uh, me oh, attorney. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I mean, interrupt you, but uh, and I apologize. But I wanted to say this. You are so right, J-Love. Not only are we going to have a lot of crime, we will have a lot of police being called. Okay? Right. And when you've got a lot of police being called, you set the stage where someone will either kill or be killed. And 99.9% .9 of the time, that person being killed has got skin that looks like ours. See, yeah. That's that cycle. That's that whole cycle. That thing in Minneapolis or Minnesota where that man was shot in the back uh, and, and he was reaching. I can't remember the man's name offhand, but he paralyzed now. The police shot that man like eight times in his back. Eight mm -hmm. times. It's, it's a miracle he lived. Okay. Right. But that started from a domestic dispute with that man and a baby mama or, or something like that. Had that right. dynamic not occurred between that man and that woman, that man would be walking upright today. Okay. He'd be walking upright today. So you so right, J Love. A lot of crime means a lot of police. And here we go again. Right. And the cycle continues. Wrongful convictions continue. Right, we, right. we just we just had a young man who was in there 15 years. They knew within months that he was innocent. Mm -hmm. But it took 15 years to get him out. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to a case today that um a young man. He was seven, 18 or 19 years old, accused, wrongfully accused of a crime, wasn't even there. He's been in prison 30 something years and because and they know he's innocent. The courts, I mean, the courts know that he's innocent, but because of a technicality. He's still there because yeah. other than if uh, I think in Missouri, you only can be um, get out or found innocent on death row. But if you're innocent and still in, in prison, you know, well, he got a hundred life plus 90 years. That's like death row. I mean, <laughs> that's basically death row, but he's been in there. And so, you know, we have, and these happens in our communities. You don't hear that in other communities. So we got to, you know, the water, the food, all of these things are important that we put into our bodies. So. Thank you, Vincent. You're going to have to come on again with us. We appreciate just, you. Just let me know. Just let me know. I, 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 it's no problem. Right. We, family. We, we family. Right. We're family. So you got to come on again with us, uh, you know, just to bring that element because I think it really goes, it flies under the radar so much um, when we talk about uh, environmental issues. Well, right um, now, Justice Forty Dollars is rolling into the hood now, and we just stopped it for thirty days because I said you can't do this without injecting race in the in the race redlining. These are things that've been affecting us, but they don't want to include that in it. And, and again, how we get these dollars? We got to prepare ourselves. Yes. Yes. And thank you, Ravitia and Attorney Hugo Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. I'm telling you, I'm just excited about what is happening, that we're having these conversations. I mean, this is all around social justice, I'm telling you, and it's so necessary. And every time I leave this show, I feel on fire 
to do something else. I know, that's right, Brother T. So, you guys, next week, we're going to have Minister Malik Sabaz on with us. We're going to talk about community accountability, addressing harm, hurt, and healing for safer communities. And as well, we talk about the Justice for Gerard movement. If you want to know more about Gerard, go to change.org slash justice for Gerard. Please sign and share that petition. So until next week, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And we see you next Friday for turning a moment into a movement.